0: Well, I'm glad to be sharing with you today, trying to let the nerves go a little bit. Um, So beginning of June is always a special time for me. Uh, Wednesday will be my birthday, Um, um, but uh, this past Thursday, I celebrated 20 years, sorry, who had like 30 seconds before she cried in the the pool? There you go. Yep, there you go, Jen knew. 20 years since I started following Jesus. So cool. Yeah, so exciting. Um, My life has changed so much, I can't even tell you. I have story after story after story um, about how God has changed my life. God has made my life exciting. He's brought me into uh, friendship with people that are incredible. I can't believe I get to be friends with these people. just so good, like so much so that I can't even remember what I used to think about before I was a Christian, before I started following Jesus, because I think about God all the time now, and I have little conversations with him all day, and I like to talk to other people about him. Um, my son, I was always laughing, he's like, Mom, you talk to everybody, and I was like, yeah, I kind of do. Um, but... I just don't remember. I'm like, what filled my head before? I didn't, I don't know. But um, when I very first started going to church, it it was interesting because I went to a vineyard church they believed in the supernatural gifts. Um, some of the things that I experienced for the first time, because I grew up going to uh, a United Methodist church with my grandparents every once in a while, but some of the things were really new. Um, and I was just like, whoa. So from the time I started hitting, going to church, which was March, um, to June 9th, um, it took me that long to say yes to Jesus, because I just wasn't sure all that I was saying yes to. And my friend, who was the one who actually led me to Jesus, was like, you were the hardest get. And he was like, you just kept asking all the hard questions. But I wanted to be authentic in accepting Jesus and what I was signing up for. So it took me a while, but boy, was he happy on that day when I said yes. Um, For those of you who here who are completely new to church or are new or new-ish to uh, the Conshohocken Vineyard, um, we are, there might be things that are uncomfortable for you or unfamiliar to you. Um, We are a church that might uh, put a stronger emphasis on the spiritual gifts than what you're used to. Um, Some churches, the churches that emphasize communal prayer and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like healing, speaking in tongues, prophecy, and the other supernatural gifts are often referred to as Charismatic. The word charis is a Greek word that means grace, and grace is an undeserved gift. Um, you might have been listening to worship, or now during the sermon, you might see some people shaking their head yes, or you might hear an amen to something I say. Um, and you're sitting there thinking, I have no idea what they are yes and amening to. I don't know, I don't get it. Um, and that's okay. And especially when it comes to studying the supernatural gifts of the Spirit like we are in this series, uh, Naturally Supernatural. If this is a stretch in your beliefs of how God works and how he moves today, I ask you to hang in there with us, even if it makes you uh, question things a bit. That's a good thing. The supernatural gifts of the Spirit might be difficult to understand if you've never experienced them for yourself or witnessed them happen to somebody else. But the, as the Apostle Paul teaches in his letter to the church in Corinth, they are essential part of life with Christ. This is why Patrick, Pastor Rich walked us through the exercise last week at the end of the service where we paired up with someone we didn't know and asked ask for an encouraging word for them so we could try to taste and see and experience what the Lord has to offer. So today's sermon is titled The Gift of Prophecy. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your gentleness with us when we don't quite understand uh, what things are that seem so natural to other people. We offer you our hearts and we um, open them to you and ask for you to teach us and lead us. Be in all my words, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week and a few weeks from now, we're going to spend some time in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verses 1 through 5 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Um, oops. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that so that the church may be edified. So now it might sound a little bit like those people who speak in tongues are being scolded a little, but Paul actually isn't doing that. He's simply setting the stage that there are times and places uh, for all of the gifts of the Spirit. I'll be sharing with you in a few weeks about speaking in tongues, but today we're going to focus on prophecy and uh, try another practice exercise. So, Paul says that we are supposed to follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Some translations say, pursue love and strive for spiritual gifts. I like the word pursue. There is no softness about the word pursue. It means to go after something in a direct way. That's how we're supposed to think about prophecy and the spiritual gifts. We're supposed to pursue them. Um, And most importantly, because they bring love and we pursue love through them. Um, And to to eagerly desire something is also a very direct way to how to want something, to eagerly desire it. We are to pursue prophecy because it is such a great gift to others and it edifies the church. What is prophecy? Well, according to Paul... Um, What Paul is saying, prophecy is a Holy Spirit-inspired message that strengthens, encourages, or brings comfort to a person or a group of people. Essentially, prophecy builds people up in their faith and draws them closer to God. Why would Paul tell us especially prophecy? Because the one who prophesies speaks to people and edifies the church. To edify something means to build it up. Paul says he wants us all to speak in tongues, but he really wants us to prophesy because he is looking for what gets the most bang for his spiritual buck while he has a large group uh, together. And so to do that, it is to prophesy because when people are speaking in tongues, you don't know what the other person is saying when they're speaking in tongues unless there's someone there to interpret uh, what that person is saying. But prophecy, on the other hand, you can hear prophecy and understand what the person is saying. Even if it's not for you, you can understand, oh, I heard that, and that person really identified with what, that per- what the prophecy was. So it still can build you up a little bit, even if the prophecy is you're not the one receiving it. One of the neat things about prophecy is that it can have a ripple in a pond effect. Um, in the end of the chapter in verse 24, um, Paul says, "But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under the judgment under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare." So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Verse 31 says, for you all prophesy, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. Here's how it works. I'm praying for somebody, and I believe that I have a word or a prophetic word, um, which really means I could see a vision uh, or a picture in my mind. I might get a Bible verse, or I see a few written words in my mind. Those are some of the ways it might be completely different for you. Um, So I believe I have a word for someone from God and I tell them what it is, and if I have heard correctly, as Paul says, it builds up the person I am praying for because it's a message directly from God for them. It's never something that I could know on my own, um, and it's always very specific to them. When I offer it, I usually finish it with the words, does that mean anything to you? Because usually it doesn't mean anything to me. But often it hits them like a bullseye and that's the next ripple in the pond because then I get edified or built up because I know that I have my ear tuned correctly to God in that moment. So I'm ready to go, oh yeah, who's next? Who else? I'll give somebody else a word from God because I can't tell you how much fun it is when you know that you are in direct line with heaven and heaven is coming to earth and going out to somebody else to bless them. So much fun. So, um, and then the next ripple would be that that person tells their friend, this is what happened to me. And now that person knows somebody who actually had a supernatural event happen to them. And that's super helpful in getting the message of prophecy and all prophesying out there. So, what Paul was seeking by wanting all to prophesy is for Christians to be built up to grow closer to God. And what happens when we go closer to God? Our faith grows. Our faith grows. And that gets us closer to God. And when we're closer to God, we feel his love more. So good. What about the unbeliever that Paul talks about in verse 24 and 25? What he's saying is, is if a new or an unbelieving person is in a service and people are prophesying and someone prophesies directly to them and it's accurate, and more importantly, if it convicts them uh, and their heart to no longer commit a particular sin any longer, because it was something that no one knew about, and it lets the person know that the creator of the universe is speaking right to them. He is real, he is living, and he loves you. That is the kind of thing that leads people to say, I am in. I want that. I want that to be my life. It's what leads someone to become a follower of Jesus. God is real and speaking today. No wonder Paul wants everyone to prophesy. Paul says that we should eagerly desire the gifts, not because they're fun and exciting, which they are really fun at times, but they're a tool that Jesus modeled to us and commissioned us to use so that people would turn their hearts to God. When the Holy Spirit moves on the earth and we are there to see it, it builds faith. Faith leads us closer to God and closeness to God, as I said, is about receiving love. So for anyone who's sitting here and is kind of looking around for the exits now, um, worried that we're going to start calling out your sin, that's not how it works. Um, I'll tell you that God is so good and so loving um, that if someone gives you a prophecy and it's about your deep, dark sin, God's going to say it in a way that I'm not going to know really what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying, he's saying through me. It's beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, because God is so gentle that he wants to convict our hearts about the sin that we're doing so that we'll stop, but he doesn't want to embarrass us. He doesn't want to shame us. He doesn't want to make us feel small. Why do we prophesy to each other? Because he wants us to be edified, as Paul says, and lifted up. It's a wonderful thing. Even in the moment you're like, oh no, oh no, this is happening. It's happening for a good reason. So this is why, um, so so God does this in a beautiful way, um, and he gives it to us a way that is lovely and kind. Um, I've seen all kinds of things when I get words for people. I've seen toothpaste, I've seen Oreo cookies, I've seen a shaft of wheat, I've seen a leopard print sport coat. Um, It means nothing to me, but it means something to the person I'm praying for. That's how cheeky God can be in trying to get to his person and get to his child that he loves, but not involving me kind of in any way other than being the mailman. Here's your mail. Okay, so uh, this is why um, we need to practice these gifts because to us... There's no meaning, so we might assume that the Oreo cookies or the shaft of weed is just sort of a weird thought, and we just disregard it. Um, But it's actually from God speaking to his dearly loved child. This is why prophecy is considered a gift. Prophecy builds people up in their faith and draws them closer to God. So how do we get started edifying the church and others through prophecy? We take risks, and we put ourselves in situations where we learn to tune our ear to the Holy Spirit. We need to learn that there's a difference between God's voice, our own voice, and the enemy, or Satan. When we quiet ourselves, it helps to take a few deep breaths and settle our minds from all that's going on in the room or in our day. Um, Everyone hears from God in their own way, as I said, but what seems to be similar is when God speaks, it's an intersecting thought to my own thoughts. I don't normally think about leopard print sport coats. So I know, oh, that wasn't me. That must have been a God thing. God, was that you? Um, and that's how we, we know that it's a God thing, because I'm thinking my thoughts and his thought intersects. Or it's just one of those, why am I suddenly thinking about that? Then I know that it's, it's, it's a, most likely a God thing. When, uh, when it's me, when it's just my own, my own thought, um, it's more like my grocery list or what happened this morning or things like that. So I can usually push them away. And that's what I do. But sometimes they come back and I push it away again because I'm like, Sloan, stop thinking about your grocery list. And then it comes back again and I think, oh, wait a minute. Is this for them? It's not really about what I'm... Th- like. It's just similar to what I might think. And I'll ask the person, and sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, yes, that that is absolutely for me. Um, So that's why I push it away, and it comes back, push it away, and it comes back. And that's how I know it's not just my thought. And then there's how the enemy speaks. Um, And it's usually not nice. It's usually about you. It's usually about like, like what uh, Adam said. You're a fraud. You're stupid. Um, you never get anything. You aren't like these people. You're never going to get a word. You even look stupid. Those are like his top 10 hits. He uses those over and over and over again. Um, but this is what it's like to hear the different ways, my thoughts, God's thoughts, and and uh, and the enemy trying to get us to quit doing this thing that Paul's saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. Everybody should do it. So I started showing up uh, when I very first started 20 years ago. um, I started showing up for the pre-service prayer on Sunday mornings um, and just listening. And I beginning, I I absolutely felt like I did not belong there. People were getting words left and right, and it seemed so easy to them. Um, And I just kept thinking my own thoughts. Then the enemy also was whispering in my ear, you're stupid, you're not gonna do this, you'll never be able to do what these people are doing. But I kept showing up and I kept putting myself in a situation where I was with people who, was do- who were doing this stuff. One day, I was willing to step out and I said what I thought I heard and someone else in the room said, I just got that word, and I was like, really? And it was, I was like, okay, maybe I'm starting to know what this is like to do this. Um, And what John Wimber, who's one of the early uh, vineyard founders, um, called this doing the stuff. You get to do the stuff. And let me tell you, once you start doing the stuff, you want to keep doing the stuff. And And like I said before, it's fun because we get to do what Jesus did. Part of the reason it's so easy for people to believe that the supernatural gifts are not for today, or as as, uh, the word is, cessationists, there are um, large groups of people who don't believe this happens and this is is not for today. Um, It's because they've never experienced it for themselves. And that makes a lot of sense. Are you really going to believe stories of people's limbs growing or being healed or straightening if you've never experienced it for yourself? let alone anyone you know experienced it? Are you really going to believe that you can be healed of emotional scars that you feel like you have carried your whole life if you don't know anyone who has had emotional healing that was life-changing? At CVC, we do try to practice and do these things. We try to step out and operate in these gifts. And sometimes I get it wrong, but, but a lot of times, because I'm putting myself in the situation, God always shows up for love because he loves the person that I'm praying with. All right. Um, this is why the, the exercise that you guys did uh, last week. I did 15 years ago with Pastor Rich um, at our old church. And it was one of the first things we did, um, one of the first things that I ever did in this way. And it was like, oh, geez. But there's a reason why he's still doing it 15 years later because it it helps lead people in. And it's like dipping your toe in the water. It's not a high-risk thing, but you still get to try. So there's nothing more loving than to help bring someone into, a ver, into the very presence of God, hearing directly from him. It's why Jessica, when she gives the prayer points at the end of the service, they aren't generic. They're speci- they, we try to make them very specific. If we give a prayer point that we are hoping people respond to and come up to get prayer, and it's, um, it, we want it to be faith-building. So if we say, someone here is having financial concerns, Well, duh, that could be anybody. I mean, that could be almost everybody in the room, meaning I don't have money for the lunch I'm going to or, you know, something like that. They're all financial concerns. But if we say something like, um, we believe there is a woman here having trouble paying her rent and will be kicked out of her apartment, that's pretty specific, isn't it? And it can't be for everybody in the room, especially can't be for all the guys in the room because they said a woman. So it's faith building for the person who it's meant for and also faith building for the people that they know that they tell that it happened. Ripples in a pond. A prophecy that came true in my life was about my family. I had been single for about 13 years since my last significant relationship I had done a lot of praying, a lot of crying, um, even some yelling about my relationship status to God um, and my friends, and I went to a conference. I just happened to go to a conference in Boston, while, and while I was there, one of the speakers prayed for me, and it was fine. It was nice prayer. I appreciated it, but I started to walk away, and she called me back over, and she took my hands, and she flipped my hands over, and she was like, are you married? She looked at my ring finger, and I said, no. And she said, and I'll never forget this, I can still remember feeling what I felt like when I stood there. She said, you need to start really thinking about the things that you've been asking God for because he's going to start giving them to you. Whoa, like that was okay. I was really like, wow. The next morning I went to church at the place where the conference was held and I went up for prayer and I told the man who was praying what she had said and I just said, I just want a little bit more clarity about this, Um, and he prayed for a bit, and then he said to me, you need to start praying for your husband like he's away on a trip, and that you are calling him back, and I was like, okay. Two weeks later, I was introduced to my husband on facebook messenger no less Um, the but the woman who introduced us said that god had been telling her to introduce us for six months and she kept ignoring him she you know the whole when god speaks and you're like "La, la 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 i can't hear you i can't hear you um and finally he said to her how are they going to meet if you never introduce them So, and oh, I didn't mention, he was in West Virginia. So there was no way we were going to like bump into each other that kind of a way. So the beauty of her eventual faithfulness to what God asked her to do was not just that the prophecy from Boston came true and I met my husband, but when things get hard in the day-to-day stuff of our marriage, I lean on that prophecy, knowing that John is whom God chose for me. And then, uh, and I am where I'm supposed to be, and I double down, and I try harder to follow Jesus in my marriage. That's how past prophecy can help us continue to deepen our faith and grow closer to God, more ripples in the pond. So if something that you think you... If this is something, prophecy, prophesying, um, might be something you think you'd like to try, both receiving it and um, offering it to others, start to put yourself in situations where people are seeking the Lord and asking him to speak. You could join a CVC small group. This is a great place to do the stuff. It's their small group amount of people. Everybody's all in. You're already halfway there. It's not like we're saying, okay, now I want you to go to the grocery store and I want you to prophesy to someone who may or may not believe in God. No, you get to step into the pond slowly and just up to your ankles when you try to prophesy with people who are in it with you and for you. So that's a great thing. And that's what a great thing for small, where small groups do that. You can get a group of friends and do the exercises that we're trying at the end of, that we're gonna try at the end of the service. You could show up early for a service on Sundays and sit in with the group that Jamie and Sue Doran have at 9.45 out in the lobby, Um, and they just listen, and they listen for words that we use at the end of the service. You could also just pick a person and pray for them on your own and write down what you hear and give it to them. Every other Monday night, I'm part of a group of women who get together. We chat a little, and then we're just silent. We listen for the Holy Spirit to speak. Often it's a word or a picture, but the Lord will also tell us who the word is for in the group. One time I saw a spool of beautiful bright blue thread and the spirit gave me the impression that it was for my friend Katie. So I told her and then asked, does that mean anything to you? And she said, no. So I was quiet again and I asked the Lord to tell me more. I believe someone else in the group at that time had another piece of the interpretation. So that's another beautiful thing that God will do. He will daisy chain kind of words together within a group and you find out, oh, all of those words together fit together like a puzzle and it's for the one person in the group. It's pretty cool. Um, And it, again, it edifies the group to keep going and be excited about what we're doing. So, um, and I'll tell you that, Later on, six months later, that spool of blue thread showed up again for Katie, but this time it was brighter blue and it had gold threads through it. So sometimes in your life, when you get prophecy, you will get a word and then you'll get it again, but then it'll have a little more to it and you'll get it again and it'll have a little more to it. So that's why it's so great to write things down um, when you receive them because you don't, they don't always come to fruition right away. Um, it might take a long time and you might forget it. So Sue Doran um, gave me a blank notebook years ago and encouraged me to write all of the prophecies down that I've had over my life. Um, and you can go back and then read them and. Uh, you can even put a date next to the ones that have come to pass. And what does that do? It lets you know, oh, wait, this does work. This does happen. And it renews your faith. And then you can also refresh your mind of the things that haven't come to pass yet, the prophecies that have been over your life that you're like, oh, well, that, one's, that one hasn't happened. Like somebody told me I'd write books. Okay, it hasn't happened yet, but all right. I'm not sure about that one, but we'll see. Um, And you, see, you guys will all know. You'll be like, hey, remember, she did write a book. Um, So yeah, so this is what happens, and it just passes on and passes on. Um, Today, if you're feeling like this stuff feels weird to you, you might even um, ask one of those yes and ameners what they were yes and amening about and why. Um, They'd be happy to tell you. But you could also go and get prayer you could go over and get prayer, and you don't even have to tell them what you want prayer for. You could just say, "I'd like to hear from the Lord," and um, and that's it. If you're feeling like you might leave and never come back um, because this is too much for you, um, have a conversation with someone like Pastor Rich, Pastor Teresa, or a church leader about what makes you feel this way. And if you're in the mindset that you do not want to talk to anybody about this, um, what I would encourage you to do is say something to God like, God, I offer you this week to show me what the super, if the supernatural gifts are something I should consider. And then truly open your heart and say, okay, I'm going to let you talk. Um, you might be surprised what happens. I want you to know that I have spent a lot of time pursuing this gift. It didn't just happen overnight. It has taken me many years to be able to hear the way I do, and I still get things wrong. But I keep putting myself in the place of willingness to learn and listen, and the Holy Spirit never fails to show up and and build my faith when I do. So now... We are going to try an exercise, another one of those exercises. So, um, and this is something, this was the very first prophetic exercise that I ever did. Um, and again, it's, it's low pressure, um, I hope. Um, and there are pieces of, uh, there are cardstock next to you. I was supposed to pick up... Um, I was supposed to pick up uh, cards at Staples, and last night at 10 o'clock, I realized I never did it. So just pretend these are from Etsy, and they're custom, like, handmade cards. Um, So what I want you to do is I want you to, um, not somebody who's next to you, I want you to stand up. Ooh, she's making us move around. Um, I'd like you to stand up. And those of you at home, uh, you could also just think of a person that you want to pray for and do this with us as well. So I want you to stand up. I want you to go to a person you don't know very well now. All right. Lord Jesus, thank you for meeting us here today. Thank you for showing up in all the ways, in all the small ways uh, that you just did five minutes ago with all these groups of people that were... Uh, praying for each other and and speaking your words to each other. Thank you for Grace's word and her willingness to step out and step up here and and do what she just did. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. We ask for more. Um, Be with us in our week as we go. And we thank you for your blessing and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.